Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Thank you for joining me. Good to be here today. Welcome to the cafe. What a glorious day it is. The Lord has given us another day and we should praise him for that. Today, we're talking about the characteristics of God. We're continuing a series on the characteristics of God. Do you know God, the living God, has characteristics? There are elements of God, who he is, that we can actually define through his word and study and meditate upon, which will give us great peace and joy and understanding of him. You know, what is worship? Is it not worshiping God in spirit and truth? And isn't truth understanding who he is? I think of a worship service where there's music playing and there's lights glowing and people are jumping up and down and they're saying, oh, praise him. Well, do you know who he is? Amen. Did you, do you know what he did for you? Oh, he gave his only begotten Jesus Christ so that all could be saved. Amen. Not that all will be, but that all could be to accept that free gift of salvation. It's so good to know our God, to know who he is. And it helps inform us in our day-to-day lives. Today, we're talking about God being in all places at all times. Do you believe that here today? That God is in all places at all times? That word, the Bible word, would be omnipresent. The idea that he's everywhere at the same time. Think about that. Where can you be at one time? Well, if you're like me, you barely can be in one place at one time. Sometimes uh, my wife will look at me and say, you don't even look like you're here right now or something like that if I'm tired. That's that's her fault because her mama gave me a uh, recliner that she didn't want. She gave me a recliner. And ever since then, I've been like a dog at the end of the day and just, oh, you know, just tired. But uh, that is a sidebar. The point is God is everywhere at all times. He is Uh, In this room, as I preach, thank God he's here. I need him today. Amen. He is in your car as you listen to this or at home. He is at the school with the kids. He's at the nursing home uh, with the senior saints of God. He is uh, in the subway in the city. He is in the country with the farmer. He is everywhere. Get this at the same time. Proverbs 15, verse 3, Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Well, let's start with the evil. We understand that God's eyes are everywhere, that he sees everything. We tell our kids this all the time. Oh, God sees everything. God sees all. And I say that and I mean it. Amen. I hope when you say it, you mean it too. Beholding evil. Just because evil isn't judged doesn't mean that it wasn't seen and it won't be judged. I think this world is quick to uh, come to the conclusion, well, if God didn't immediately judge evil, then God does not exist or didn't see it. And that is absolutely untrue. The Bible tells us that all will come to a judgment at a given time. And this is the idea of God being long-suffering. Because if evil is committed and God doesn't immediately judge it, what does that provide the opportunity 
uh, for to the person that commits that evil. Repentance, right? Now, it doesn't mean that they won't face the consequences of the evil that they performed. A man goes in, robs a store. The clerk tries to stop him. He hits the clerk and knocks the clerk out and walks out the door. Uh, he comes home. His wife looks at him like he's crazy. Uh, he looks at his kids. All of a sudden, his conscience convicts him. The Holy Spirit starts working within him. Amen. Uh, let's say he was a saved man that was backslid. And what does he do? He repents and he says, oh, God, forgive me for what I've done. Now, at that moment, as we understand the loving nature of God, he is going to forgive that individual for that sin. Thou shall not steal. And he stole. He's going to forgive him. But at the same time, is God going to say, well, you don't have to go to jail? Oh, no. God's going to say, you have to, you have to pay the consequences because the wages of sin is death. And there's real consequences to when we sin. Amen. And that could mean death of a relationship, death of a family, uh, death of a ministry, death of many things. But thankfully, the saved will continue to be saved. We believe in eternal security here on the KJV Cafe, once saved, always saved. But that does not excuse sin. But during the age of grace, the age we live in, God will forgive it. He is more than willing. And there's many scriptures on that. But let's say that man does not repent, okay? And let's say he robs the store and he comes home. Let's say his wife and his kids are out of town and he takes the money and he buys a car and he's living it up. And some lost person says, well, if there was a God, now how can that man do that? And I'm over here working for an honest wage and I can't even pay for my car. Well, there is a God. And that God did not promise that life would be fair. In fact, the Lord spoke to us through the word and told us that in this life, there'll be many tribulations, but that he has overcome them all. Amen. And we overcome them all by believing in Christ Jesus. And what we have to see is that God is deferring or delaying judgment. Now, I'm not an expert on this topic. I believe there are times that God's judgment will be enacted here on earth uh, for grievous sin. I believe that. There's things that I've seen, uh, or not seen personally, but I've read about that I said, oh, that must have been the Lord's judgment. I've heard preaching on this where somebody uh, knew they were living in sin and they did not stop and the Lord took them home because they wouldn't stop. And so I believe that there is um, judgment here on earth, and maybe just for the believers, maybe for the unbelievers too, from God on occasion. But for the large and for the most part, God reserves his judgment for a place called the white throne. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works." And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay, so here we're learning a lot in Revelation 20 about the second death, about hell, about the lake of fire, and about people's works. Now, before we go any further, we have to make sure uh, we understand the idea or the premise that we're not saved by works. We're only saved by by grace. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. The only work we can do is believe on Christ and what he did on the cross at Calvary for us. That's how we're saved. But get this, in a twist of irony, 
The dead, the unsaved, are judged on their works. And get this, if you've broken any law, any of the laws, any of God's commands, you've broken them all. Amen. It's like a chain. If one link is broken, that's how I heard a preacher say it one time. All links are broken. The whole chain does not work. Amen. It's ineffective. You face judgment and the judgment is harsh and severe and you'll be judged for your works. And so that white throne judgment is when God will judge uh, in, in, in fire and it's going to be very fearful those that have lived in sin. And so that man that robbed that bank, let's say he was lost and he went to that white throne judgment because the believer won't be there because they're going to plead Jesus and they're going to be uh, saved from this. But let's say the lost person, they end up at that white throne. At that time, they would be judged for that. And that is God's sovereign knowledge. And you can think also too, that because he, he might do that so that people would truly repent and mean it, or people would truly get right with him uh, out of faith and not out of like fear of him seeing these actions on earth to every person that disobeys. That's the idea of having great faith. Amen. But God doesn't just behold the evil. He beholds the good. God sees your fruitful works. He does. Those of you that love the Lord, that have been serving the Lord, that are burdened down here today, that have that weight of the world on your shoulders, give it to God and look for a reward of peace here from God on earth and more in heaven one day. Look for your reward in heaven is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, And he'll give you peace here on earth. I know many people say, does God see this? You know, I barely have gas and I'm giving this individual a ride every single day to to get their dialysis. Or I barely have, uh, um, uh, you know, gas in my own car and I'm still going to church faithfully and serving the Lord. Or uh, I barely have the emotional ability to talk to uh, my my depressed brother, but I call him every day because I know he needs it. I'm doing, doing it to be a witness for God. God, do you see my works? Oh, he does. Oh, he does. He sees every good thing you do. And we understand that the only good we can do is to live like Jesus. Righteousness only comes from Jesus. We ourselves, our righteousness is like filthy rags, the Bible says, like dirty gauze pads. So what we understand is that when we live like Jesus, when we live as the commands have given us, when we live by the working of the Holy Spirit, which is God working through us, God sees it and will reward it. Uh, And, and, we can understand that reward is on the Bema seat. That's like the Olympic uh, ceremony of the medals, amen. One day we'll stand before God and we'll get a medal, amen. Oh, what a day that will be. That will be the greatest medal, the greatest reward, the greatest crown you've ever received, amen. And in the meantime, what do you do with these burdens as you serve God faithfully and you understand that he sees your good and yet you may not see direct reward or gratification for what you're doing? Think about Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So be careful for nothing. Throw your requests at God. Give every single thing to him. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here we have a promise from God that we should be careful for nothing and that we should go to him in prayer and supplication. And, we, and thanksgiving, of course, we should thank him. Always start your prayers with thanksgiving, amen? Thank him and go to him earnestly and pray. And what's going to happen here, we're, we're promised this by God, amen, is that we will have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and this is kept, our hearts and our minds, through and by Christ Jesus, amen? I can think of a time where there was a great turmoil in my life and I was having a very, call it a very bad day, and I prayed to the Lord earnestly, and I didn't even know what to say, but I, I thanked him for being so good to me. I thanked him uh, for, for, I can't recall what else, but I thanked him 
And then I went to him in prayer with my burdens, and I had this peace that just washed all over me. I was at so much at peace, I done fell asleep, and I slept like a just completely wiped out. I woke up the next morning and I said, how could I have slept so good? How could I have had such peace in the midst of having such a difficult day? Well, that's God's promise in Philippians 4. And hey, if you want to keep going, verse 8, the very next verse, talks about to think on the true and honest and just and pure and lovely and a good report, virtue, praiseworthy things. That's what we are to think on. So Philippians 4 is really a prescription for the Christian that is burdened down, that is struggling. So understand, just because you struggle doesn't mean that God doesn't see you and God hasn't given you, given you a way to have peace here on this earth. Jeremiah 23, 24, can any hide himself in the secret places that I shall not see, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. He fills heaven and earth. Why hide from God? What can we keep hidden from an all-present God? Let's use this command uh, in the Bible to cast all our cares upon him. And let's use this idea that God sees all. Let's bring these two things together. Let's bridge these two aspects together to say, you know what? God sees everything. He knows the burdens that I'm going through. And he has called me to pray to him and to seek him and, and, and to give him every, of these, every one of these burdens. You know, when you give something to someone, typically you don't take it back. Amen. So you're going to give it to him and then you're not going to hold on to it. You're not going to try to work it out on your own. You're not going to let it obsess. You're not going to obsess over it. Let it just dominate your whole life. You're going to give it to him in confidence that him, him, God himself, uh, through his mighty power will work your problem out and will resolve it in due time. And in the meantime, and in all time, he'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. What more can we ask for in this turbulent life than peace? Go to God in prayer in and have that peace. Understand that he sees all and then he knows all. That the sinner will not get away with a single thing and that those that have served the Lord will be rewarded for every little thing that they've done by the Holy Spirit in the right way. God knows. We love the Lord here today. Continue to seek him. Continue to live for him and believe, 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 believe that he really does see it all. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.